0: You're listening to the Retirement Solution Podcast with John Hicks. Helping you solve the retirement puzzle. Welcome to the Retirement Solution with John Hicks.
1: Here with John Hicks, I'm Jennifer Perry. We'd love to hear from you here on the Retirement Solution Podcast podcast. You can always drop us an email with any questions for John at RetirementSolutionRadio.com. And it's interesting, John, what's happening right now with interest rates overseas. And actually, sure. former Fed Chairman Alan Greenspan warned us on CNBC recently that we could actually start to see these negative interest rates happening over there come to the U.S. You see pretty much uh, throughout the world, it's just a matter of time before it's more in the United States. And I think what it signifies really is that the world population is aging and that people are recognizing that they're dying off at a much later date than they originally contemplated when they started to save. How old is Alan Greenspan himself now? He has to well, be in he's his, in what, his 90s. 90s, right? Yeah. Wow. Now, it's
0: interesting, his wife is only in her 40s.
1: Yeah. She, I, Andrea
0: Mitchell. <laughs> well, she's a little bit older, but not much. Oh, yeah. I know. So it was it was great. I mean, Alan did a great score for that. I mean, he is you know, one of those intellects. And as I tell my little girls, listen, marry nerds. Nerds rule the world. <laughs> yeah. Alan Greenspan, captain of the nerd uh, group when he was a young man. No, but it's interesting. Did you hear what uh, the former Federal Reserve chief said there? He said the rest of the world is experiencing what we may experience. And there's two major reasons. Number one, It's a matter of time before it happens. Why? Because we're living longer. Mm -hmm. Now, those are two things we cannot change, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's very interesting. And so the European situation is interesting. They have negative interest rates, guys. Let's break this down real simple. Let's make sure that everyone, including my neighbor Cletus (laughs) can understand understand this one because this is kind of a big deal. Uh, It will be for him. So if we think about it, people in Europe, are literally giving money to put into banks and they're getting a negative rate of return. Now, Now, what does that mean? Yeah, why would you do that? Well, there's a couple reasons, but think about what this really means. It means, Jennifer, that you're willing to give a bank, let's say $10,000, and you're only gonna receive back $9,930 in five years. Uh, uh -uh. They're purposefully choosing to lose money but very small amounts and they get to choose it. Now, here's what I'm fearful about. Why would anyone do that? Right. (laughs) So great. So if that's the question, why would anyone do it? Let's think about it. Why would they do that? Either because there's no better alternative or number two, they want to control what they can control. They would rather lock in very small losses that they can control than potentially lose enormous amounts that they cannot control in the market. Now, see, this is very interesting, guys, because we have not seen this in a long time. Japan has used negative interest rates to their demise over the last 30 years. But when we look at this, people in Europe are willing to give their money to a bank or to the government and get back negative money. Now, that means two things. What can we do to stop that? Well, we can't do anything to stop that. But how do we make money off of it? Ooh, see, now here's where we're going to turn a bad situation into something great. Number one, if they keep buying our treasury bonds, okay? Now, why would they do that? Because they're worried about Europe. They're worried that it's in a recession. And they want to get some positive returns on their money. So it's kind of like going through your dirty laundry, and you pull out the cleanest shirt in there. That cleanest (laughs) shirt... Is the United States Treasury bills? Ooh, so they're like, oh wow, the rest of this laundry is dirty and stinky. There's stains in here we may never get out. <laughs>
1: we don't, don't even know what they are. Here's this one
0: pair of pantyhose. <laughs> this not so bad. I mean, it could be, be a little cleaned up, but I mean, it's less stinky. I don't see any visible stains. <laughs> I think this could be okay. That's kind of like investing in the United States Treasury Department right now, because as us as Americans, we're looking at interest going. This is terrible. Why on earth would we put our money in a bank to earn 1% or less? But everyone else is like, that's great. 1% secured by the Americans. (laughs) Yes, please, please, let me have some more. Can we have some more, please? And that's kind of the issue. So we are making money. And by the way, and I've said this for the last two years, you do not have to have all of the risk in the market to make money like the market. And here is one case in point. People that invested in United States treasury bills year to date- are up 22%. Oh,
1: wow, <gasps> Jennifer,
0: what ah. on earth did I just say? Yeah, it's like when I said last September, and you can go back and play the tape, when you go back to last September and I told everyone out there, listen, it may be a little risky if you wanna have all your money in the market. You do your thing, but it may be a little risky. Here's the interesting thing. I said, you may wanna look at something safe like treasury bonds. Treasury bonds since that period of time are up 22% year to date. Why is that? Number one, the rest of the world is clamoring to buy our treasuries. And number two, people are fearful of the market. So you don't have to have the risk of the market to do good. Can you imagine, Jennifer, having United States treasury guarantees on your money, hmm. but making 22%? Oh, man. <laughs>
1: I'd love yeah, that. Yeah. Now,
0: am I suggesting everyone should go out there and rush and buy United States treasuries? Of no. course not. The point of the show, though, is, is that depending on your retirement needs there's a different retirement solution for every one of us. And if you do not want to take the risk of the market, you can absolutely make your money more secure and get an attractive rate of return. You don't have to put it under the mattress. But let's talk about one more thing here, Jennifer, because it's very important. Okay. So if the market does go down, let's say the market goes down. Let's say we actually hit a recession, which is what everyone in Europe, this is what they're fearful of. Let's say the market goes down 20 or 30 or 40, or even 50%. You know what's amazing? What is a great rate of return if the market's losing 20, or 30, or 40, or 50? What is a great rate of return?
1: I would say just losing zero. Boom. Yeah.
0: Just don't
1: lose, right?
0: I mean, isn't that one of Warren Buffett's rules of investing? The number one rule. Rule number one is to never lose money, and rule number two is to never forget rule number, number one. one. Yeah. So yeah. So when the market's going crazy, is it bad to own treasuries? No. And could you have done well in that? Yes. Yeah. And if you have been to one of my classes at UofL and you've been in that class since September, you would have gotten the do it yourself kit where you could have had money in doing exactly this on your own and potentially be up 16, 17, 22%.
1: Hmm.
0: Wow. Right. Exactly. So if you're not doing better than that, the question is why not? should you be, you can be. But the point of the matter is, is that if we're going to have negative interest rates and former federal reserve chairman, Alan Greenspan said, it's just a matter of time, Mm -hmm. then we got to do something about it. We have to do something about it, Jennifer. And we got to start with our safe money. It has to start
1: there. And I'm glad you're taking a topic like negative interest rates and making it a positive for us here on the Today's Show. And actually, that's what we we're do trying to the do best we
0: can here, Jennifer. <laughs> we this do. Is a we public try. Service.
1: <laughs> but one of the goals here on the show too is to make retirement great again. It's great yes. to live in America. There are plenty of opportunities. So how do we do that this week, though, John?
0: Yeah, and we and I promised this last week, and we're going to do this every single week going forward. We are going to make retirement great again. And I was reminded this week: World philosopher Mike Tyson once said. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face, right? Yes. And so that's how we're going to make America great again, to ensure that Mike Tyson does not punch (laughs) us in her face. So this week, I'm going to focus on how do we recession-proof our portfolio? Three real, actionable things that every one of us can do. You ready for this, okay. Jennifer? Are you yeah. ready for this? Ready. give sure? it to us. Yes, we don't want Mike Tyson open <laughs> our face. So don't here we go. go. So number one, know where your income comes from. Do you know where your income's coming from, guys? Is it coming from Social Security? Are you working for it? Do you own a Sizzler? Are you a partial owner of a Subway? Do you own passive real estate? Does it come from REITs? Do you own other active investments or? is it going to come from your portfolio in retirement? Because if it's going to come from your portfolio, you got to be very careful if we have a recession and you're mostly market-based. So if you own mostly mutual funds, and you're going to pull money from that. You don't know where your money's coming from. Right. I hate to tell you that, but you don't. You have to sell investments to make an income and that is not good. You have to know where your money comes from. Jennifer, if you want to avoid Mike Tyson's punch in the face <laughs> in retirement, you have to have three to four completely different income streams in retirement. Social security would just be one. Right. If you have a pension, that'd be number two. Mm -hmm. If you also own passive real estate, that could be number three. For instance, you own an Airbnb or you have another property where you can rent that out. That could be number three. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you have a bed and breakfast because you finally kicked out your kids. They're out of college (laughs) and you're renting out that room to some uh, intern of mine that's on his parents' dole, but he doesn't want to live at home anymore. <laughs> and he wants to rent that room. See, that's a real a life story, It's a real life story. We're working on him. We're trying to get him We're to trying. make America great again. He's not doing it. He's a millennial. He's working on it. So that could be number three. Or number four, what if you do a little part-time work? Any of those things could work or you could actually add alternatives. And this is kind of part number two. Number one, okay. you have to know where your income's coming from. You have to know. So number two, you may need to add alternatives. Now, what do I mean by alternatives? Everyone always says that. My next door neighbor, Cletus, asked me this. John, you talk about alternatives now. Are you one of them weirdies? You need a third bathroom when you go to the Sizzler, John. Are you one of those no, guys? No, no, no. We're not talking no. about that alternative. No, I'm Come not on. talking that kind of alternative. I'm not <laughs> talking alternative like Pearl Jam Radio either. I'm talking alternative investments. And here's how we learn from this, guys. We learn from the big banks, pension funds, and endowments like Yale, MIT. Harvard, Notre Dame, all these guys manage money differently. Jennifer, you'd be surprised that one of the largest asset classes that major banks own are insured accounts. (gasps) They buy more insurance than literally anything else on their balance sheet. How crazy is that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I that is that, nuts.
0: And most of us, we like, man, insurance, that's not an investment. That's a terrible thing. I got to pay money into this thing. And if my house never burns down, I'll never get no cash. i get
1: anything. Yeah. That's
0: not how it works, guys. There are quality insured investments that can give us very good returns, even in recessionary environments. They can potentially give us anywhere between three to seven percent of pay cash on cash returns annually, regardless of interest rates, which are very good. What are other alternatives? Quality real estate, private equity, private debt, or real assets. Some people would call it like gold and silver or palladium, but there are actually hedge funds that people could literally invest in to give them alternative asset classes. Why do I say this? Why do I say this? Because Jennifer, this very last week, we pulled out a report from the Yale Endowment I'm reaching for it. I'm reaching for it. I finally found it. Here we go. I hear the paper's in your hand right now. Here we go. Here it is. Here we go. Hot off the presses. Hot off the presses. The Yale Endowment, David Swinson, who's considered one of the greatest money managers of our time. Here we go. The Yale Endowment has over 74% of its money in alternative asset classes. Wow. And it has beat the snot out of the long term SP 500. Yeah. Not only is it beat the snot out of it, Swinson came out at the beginning of this year and said, We are wiping the floor. With the average returns that investors get from the SP. Wow. And the whole point is they have less. Right now, let me look at it. Right now, David Swinson and the Yale Endowment has less than 3% of its money in stocks and mutual funds in United States companies currently. Wow. You can pull this off on your own. If you go to, if you Google the Yale Endowment and you go for the most recent article, you can find out that the average Yale endowment, which has destroyed returns of investors, has got less than 3% in domestic stocks. And since they've done so well, why on earth would we have so much in domestic stocks. Typically the majority
1: of our portfolios, yeah. So
0: again, we're trying to make retirement great again. We're trying to learn from the best investors, not the great salespeople. We're trying to learn from the best investors. So add alternatives. I don't care really what they are as long as they're right for you and your portfolio. And here's the last one. You have to understand what part of your portfolio is actually recession-proof. This is a big one because guys, you may have some really good recession-proof investments in your portfolio already. Whatever they are, you need to identify them. You need to know which ones are recession-proof and you need to make sure you do not dump those in a bad environment. Okay. It is very important to know that if you're not aware of that, either your guy is doing you a disservice by not telling you what is recession-proof or you don't have anything in there to recession-proof yourself. right? So either way, you can do better than that, but you have to make your own retirement great again by doing these three things. Know where your income comes from. If you've got great income, you don't have to worry about the market going down. Use alternatives, just like the Yale Endowment, which has done so well long-term. And lastly, you have to know what is recession-proof in your portfolio. If you find out that nearly everything in your portfolio is recession-proof, then quit listening to the media. You're good. Go chill out. Go have a pina colada. Listen to some Jimmy Buffett music and just enjoy retirement. Right?
1: Ah, Sounds good right now.
0: Have questions for John? Drop us an email
1: at retirementsolutionradio.com.